That's gliding baseball rag. See the pitcher throw and strike him out. You got him going. Uh-oh. That's gliding baseball rag. Don't you be a quitter. Show him you're a heavy hitter. Some classy curve the pitcher twirling. Go on, kids. Spin without a whirling. Hey, soak it out. Soak it out. Make a home run. Ball. Strike. Stay hit. First base. Make second. You're a bird. Keep it going, sonny. Make me win a lot of money. Don't stop until you're touching third. You're a holy terror. Center fielder made an error. Slide, slide. You made a good beginning, for you know that your team always makes a winning when you play ball and sing that baseball rag. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Friday, April 28th, 2023 edition of Free Baseball the podcast willing to go into extra innings to bring you analysis, insight, and commentary on our national pastime, past, present, and future. I'm your host, Robert Cadera, and today we'll be taking a look at one of Major League Baseball's most interesting franchises. Later in the program, we'll have this week's unsung hero, and an answer to last week's trivia question. Play ball! Well, hi there, everybody. This is Bob Murphy welcoming you to the first regular season game in the history of the New York Mets. Brought to you by Rheingold Extra Drive. Tonight, the New York Mets meet the St. Louis Cardinals right here in St. Louis. Lindsey Nelson, Ralph Kiner, and I are on hand to bring you every bit of the action. Yes, sir, the New York Mets are on the air in their first great season. Manager Casey Stingle will have Richie Ashburn in center field leading off. Felix Mantilla will be at shortstop batting second. Charlie Neal at second base batting third. Frank Thomas in right field batting cleanup. Gus Bell in right field batting fifth. Gil Hodges playing first base batting sixth. Don Zimmer will be at third base batting seventh. Hobie Landruff Behind the plate, Hobie will bat eighth. Pitching and batting ninth, veteran right-hander Roger Craig. Now moving up to lead off in the ball game for the New York Mets will be the veteran Richie Ashburn. Richie, who enters this season, needing only 55 bases to reach the 2,500 hit mark. And in this game tonight, you have the two men who have more bases than any other players in the National League. Sam Musial, number one, and Richie Ashburn, number two. Richie, after 14 years, is still a lifetime 300 hitter with an average of 308 over the 14-year span. And as you know, twice he won the National League batting title. So veteran Richie Ashburn is stepping in against Larry Jackson, the firing curveballing right-hander of the St. Louis Cardinals. Jackson was hurt. In spring training last year, got off to a very slow start. He was three wins and eight losses in the middle of the year. But then he came strong with a great second half. He won 11 of 12 decisions. And he wound up the year as the comeback guy of the Cardinal Mound staff. And so he has been given the honor by Johnny Keene of pitching his third opening game. Now Larry Jackson... Looks in to get his side from Gene Oliver. Richie Ashburn, Count feeling the bat around. Jackson is into his windup, and the Mets are in business. The pitch is hit on the ground, down to third, a foul ball. Backhanded by Kenny Boyer, and there's no play. And now it's the reality. We're underway here in St. Louis with Richie Ashburn leading off. 
Ashburn went on to be retired on a weak fly to left field, and Larry Jackson went all the way that night as the Cardinals won 11-4. But the only thing notable for the Mets, of course, was that Gil Hodges hit the first home run in Mets history in the fourth inning. By the way, you can listen to this entire game and hundreds, hundreds of other old baseball games online for free at the following address, archive.org, that's A-R-C-H-I-V-E dot org, slash details, slash classic MLB baseball radio. Classic MLB Baseball Radio, one word. They've got shows going back to the 1934 All-Star Game all the way up to the 1973 World Series between the Mets and the Oakland Athletics. These games, these recordings are all in the public domain, so you can go and listen for free. It's a great way to survive the winter. Over the next few weeks here on Free Baseball, we'll take a look at the entire history of the New York Mets. As I said, I've been there since day one. This week, we'll focus on the first decade of the team's existence, the 1960s. You've already heard how it started with an 11-4 lopsided loss to the Cards and right-hander Larry Jackson. That game was emblematic of the Mets' inaugural season as they went on to lose 119 more games and route to a 40-121 and loss record, the worst since the 1916 Philadelphia Athletics, who won only 36 games that year. Now, it must be said that the Mets' one-loss record was a total team effort. In hitting the Mets' ended up last in hits, doubles, and batting average. The Mets were next to last in runs scored, slugging average, total bases, and OPS. They did lead the league in one category, most times struck out. Need some consolation? Inexplicably, the 1962 Mets led the National League in drawing walks, you tell me. Their pitching staff was little better. Last in the National League in earn run average, an unsightly 5.04. Last in saves. Last in runs allowed. Earned runs allowed. Leading the league in most unearned runs. Last in home runs allowed. Fewest opponent batters struck out. Sadly, the bleeding didn't stop at the end of 1962. From 1963 through 1968, rooting for the Mets can best be described as a penitential rite. Now, everybody who saw them said the team was trying. The trouble is they tried and were found wanting. But let us not forget the faceless stalwarts of the Mets' feudal teams of the 1960s. To that end... I now present the following roll call of early Met heroes. Any longtime New York Met fan knows 
that any listing of early Met heroes has to start with marvelous Marv Throneberry. But there were others. Harry Cheaty, the only man in baseball history to be traded for himself. Yes, fans, the Mets acquired Harry Cheaty for a player to be named later. And after two weeks of Harry Cheaty's exploits, they traded him back as the player to be named later. And who can forget Clarence Choo Choo Coleman, Vinegar Bend Mizell, Herb Moford, Duke Carmel, Pumpsy Green, Ted Schreiber, Ed Bauta, Hawk Taylor, Amato Sammy Samuel, Les Roar, Jerry Buchek, Sluggin' Sammy Drake, Rick Hersher, Johnny Demerit, Sherman Roadblock Jones, Ray Davio, Cliff Cook, Larry Burrite, Don Rowe, Wayne Graham, Jerry Hinsley, Daryl Sutherland, Bobby Klaus, Billy Cowan, Dennis Musgraves, Greg Goosen, Sean Fitzmaurice, Lou Klimchak, Jerry Arrigo, El Luplo, Don Bosch, Joe Moak, Joe Grisenda, and last but not least, the immortal Al Schmelz. On September 7th, 1967, I was one of the few who saw him give up a home run, the only home run he allowed in his three-inning Major League career to Julian Javier, two outs in the bottom of the eighth in another Cardinal win, this time 9-2. to two. Ironically, Javier had four hits in that earlier game you listened to when Larry Jackson introduced the Mets to the art of losing Major League games. But as all Mets fans know, little more than one year later, all that bad baseball of the early years was forgiven. Hello again from Shea Stadium in New York City. This is Jim Simpson with Bill O'Donnell. And in a few moments, the fifth and what might be the final game of the 1969 World Series. Close to the foul line. Simone's got a good lead. 1-0. and Strike called. Knee high. Johnson, one ball and one strike. Jones plays him deep and left. A.G. plays him normal depth and center. 1-1. One and one. A curve. Outside high. Two balls and one strike. Brody, before he returned the ball to Kuzman, snapped his wrist and more or less telling Kuzman, bring that ball in more on Johnson. Simone having no trouble with the lead. 
Clendenin is just one good stride in from the outfield grass at first. 2-1 pitch. Fly ball. Deep left field. Jones is back to the fence. Jones is on the warning track. The World Series is over. Jones makes the catch. Jones made the catch on Johnson's deep fly ball. The Mets have won it by a score of 5-3. to three. I hope you all enjoyed that. I'm sure all Mets fans out there did. I'd like to recommend one more time the archive.org website if you want to check them out. They've got hundreds of classic baseball games from the past, many of them of real historical value. Okay, time to go to our Unsung Heroes segment. Jane, can we have a little musical segue? During last week's Unsung Heroes segment, we called it Baseball, a Brotherly Game. The question was, there is only one family in the history of baseball to send five of its sons to the major leagues. Your clue was that one of them, the oldest in fact, was in the Hall of Fame. Well, the answer, as some of you noted, was the Delahanty brothers, Five boys from Cleveland who went on to be big leaguers. The oldest, called Big Ed Delahanty, was one of the great early National League sluggers. He played in the National League from 1888 to 1903 and was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1945. He was a career 346 hitter and he led the league in hits once, doubles five times, triples once, homers twice. He hit 400 or more three times, and he led the league in slugging five times. So Big Ed was quite a hitter. Unfortunately, he died under mysterious circumstances in the middle of the 1903 season. He was 35. He was also drunk much of the time, and on one particular evening, he was so drunk on a train that they put him off the train at Niagara Falls. Big Ed tried to walk across the railroad bridge towards Buffalo. Now, what we don't know is exactly what happened after that. He either jumped or fell off the bridge, and his body was found seven days later at the base of Horseshoe Falls. A great career and a bitter end, Big Ed Delahanty. Ed had four brothers, Jim who was an American League infielder, played mostly second base. He was also a teammate of Ty Cobb on the 1909 American League champion Detroit Tigers. He played for eight different teams in his career and had a cumulative batting average of .283. There was a brother, Frank, who played five seasons. In the American League, he played for the Yankees and the Indians, and he also played two years in the Federal League. He was an outfielder, didn't hit much, career 226. Brother Joe played three years for the Cardinals, also an outfielder, hit 238. And 
brother Tom had three very brief seasons. And during those three years, he played on four different uh, National League teams as an outfielder, hit two thirty nine. So you have only one Hall of Famer, but it's rather impressive just to see a family with five major leaguers. Now, next week's unsung hero, well, I went to the Mets for this in keeping with our earlier segment. The 1962 and 1963 Mets won a combined 91 games, and they lost 231 games in those two seasons. But one man stood astride this avalanche of futility. He pitched both years for the Mets, 84 games. He had a winning record both years. Can you name him? I'll give you a couple of clues. He was a lefty who pitched out of the bullpen, and he also pitched for four other National League teams, 53 games for those other teams. Ironically, he could not win a single game for the other four teams. All of his wins were as a New York Met. So our hats off to that unsung hero, and I'll let you know who he is on next week's program. The Free Baseball Podcast is brought to you by Black Range Publishing, producers of the Gabe McKenna Mystery Series and the Black Range Pub Podcast. You can find us at www.blackrangepublishing.com. Free Baseball can also be found at the following podcast platforms, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Audible. Come back and enjoy free baseball every Friday. I'm your host, Robert Cadera. Thanks for stopping by. See you next week. (laughs) 